Hello and welcome to the only podcast that is here to give you 1.21 gigawatts of pleasure. This is Robot Condom. Bobby, Caleb, and Jason coming live underground. Welcome, uh, this is Bobby Davenport. This is Jason Ray. And Caleb Robertson. This is our segment, How's It Hanging? Uh, first off, I'll, I'll kick it off with... Uh, been reading some more Spider-Man. Uh, we're coming to a close on the uh, the new event, Clone Conspiracy. And uh, spoiler alert for Spider-Man fans: Ben Riley is back. Ben Riley is the Spider-Man I love. Blonde-haired Spider-Man, really cool. The original Spider-Man. Some might say. No, he is. He is. Um, Peter Parker is a clone. Peter Parker is the clone, according to uh, the well, they read they read Condat, so, yeah, because yeah. people hated it. Actually, I loved it. It was a cool little idea. It was a terrible idea. It was great. Shut up. So Ben Riley's back, and he's a bad guy, mm. and it's amazing. How well, bad is he? Uh, <laughs> Let's just say uh, I'll give it a four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> So not spankable, he would huh? he would take a penny out of the ta- take a penny leave a penny jar and never give a penny back. Right now he's at the extent where he would take a child's candy just to teach him a lesson. Mm. What's the lesson? Don't uh, be a candy bitch. is delicious. <laughs> That's a uh, good lesson. I, Bobby Davenport, have uh, just recently bought a nice 55 inch 4K TV. What brand for everybody at home? Samsung. Samsung. It's a great TV. I just need a. Fix the internet so it runs at a 4K pace. Yeah, there's nothing like 4K porn. 4K porn. I'd love to see all the stress marks and scars. <laughs> scars from the, the uh... C-section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason Ray, what have you been up to? All right, so I finally watched Superman vs. Batman. And uh, like you, when you texted me, I said I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you weren't wrong. It was, uh, it did not need to be three hours, my God. It was... If, it, it felt like longer than three hours, yes, honestly. I stopped to do dishes, and then I stopped and finished watching that the next day. That's how... I had to stop myself from looking at other things on the internet, because, like, I kept losing interest in it. I would have rather watched episode one of Star Wars than watch this movie again. That is... That is like a meter of what I would rather do. I mean, say something positive about the movie. Um, it wasn't four hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, the last half hour was actually pretty good. But, like, it was an unnecessarily long and slow burn buildup to, like, that last fight scene or whatever. The, the, la- last- the, the whole movie is, like... Is is either Batman killing people or Superman letting people die, and then once you get to their fight, it's a, such an underwhelming fight. Yeah, because Batman beats Superman too easily, and then you get to like the the Trinity versus Doomsday, which prevents there ever even being a Superboy. By the way, uh, which means Caleb Love. 
Um, and that fight is nowhere as good as the fight between Superman and Zod and Man of Steel, which is sad because you're supposed to like increase the danger. All right, so that's what. So I guess danger we're gonna zone. use that as to segue into our first topic, which is going to be Batman versus Superman. It's uh, <clears throat> since now the triad has all witnessed the torture of. So we're we're really gonna be just talking about how I don't think we can be called a triad. There's three of us. Yeah, but I mean, usually triads are for like Asian gang people. What makes you we're think white. I'm Asian? We should be I'll mafia. Cut you, bitch. No, we're not Italian, are we? No. Wait, 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 I, I don't know what we'd be called. White trash. <laughs> <laughs> I guess white trash it is. The white trash of all seen Batman. Movies. Don't you judge me. <laughs> It's Rick Tate Nanu. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Batman vs Superman and our general thoughts on why we didn't like it, what we liked about it, and what we thought was wrong. Because, yeah, we'll get into that. <clears throat> By the way, this is not a movie review. We're just complaining about it. Yes, not a movie review. We're just talking about our disappointment. <laughs> Caleb was crushed. His childhood dream just shat upon. Because the only person in this room right now who's seen it three times is Caleb. <laughs> because he is a masochist. I like the pain. Who, uh, who loves to watch crappy things. And then he goes at home at night and waterboards himself. It's amazing. <laughs> he's, he's had to resuscitate himself a couple times on the waterboarding. <laughs> it makes me feel good. <laughs> I feel alive. <laughs> All right, so so Batman vs Superman was a movie that any child who cared about Batman or Superman as a, you know as a kid, you know, we wanted to see this movie. It was the world's greatest mind, the world's greatest detective versus the strongest man, brain versus brawn, and it's. I think it was made clear in the Superman movie there that uh, Superman is not a man; he is an alien god. A god. He's a god. And for this movie to turn out the way it did was a major crush to me. It's, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to explain my disappointment, but I'm going to try this podcast. <laughs> Prepare the tears. So, I mean, it's... Looks good on, on camera. You, you, take, you take Batman, who... And, of course, this is not going to be... Spoiler free. So if you haven't watched the movie, please don't watch it anyway and just take our word God. <laughs> it's been a year. Th- okay. Is, don't turn off the podcast because you don't want to hear the ending. Listen to the podcast and do yourself a favor. So so Batman in this movie, he I, I call him I affectionately call him Murder Man. Because he, he goes around <laughs> killing people. Batman's moral code is that he does not like guns, he does not like killing people, but yet in this movie, he has no problem blowing up a car with four bad guys in it. Can I can I just say my favorite part of the whole movie is uh, when Batman flips over the vehicle, attaches a a hook to the vehicle, and proceeds to drive the vehicle towards the other bad guys, where there are like four bad guys just pretty much getting scraped to death on the pavement. My as like that is. That is Joker-style murdering right there. And I guess we're supposed to just accept that for Batman. Which kind of sucks. I'm just going to say Batman's got a little bitter in his old age. He's uh, he's had enough 
And you I, know? I think that's fine. You can show me a bitter, an angry, an older Bruce Wayne Batman. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I feel like starting out, one, and I need DC and, and a lot of people get off the Frank Miller dick. And quit making everything that Frank Miller has ever done as, like, the quintessential Batman. Because, one, Batman should not be played by a 46-year-old man. You're skip, you're glossing over all over the early years of Batman, which kind of sucks. I'm not saying do an origin story, but do, like, Tim Burton's Batman. Tim Burton's Batman, honestly, is a great Batman because, like, they didn't, like, he was just, he was kind of starting out, but they skipped, they glossed over the origin story, and he was just kind of like this mythical character that, like, people knew of, but, you know, and he, and he fought crime, but he never, he never, like, just went too far out of bounds. Well, he did blow some clowns up with a grenade, but that's besides the point. Well, yeah, but, I mean... They were clowns! What are you gonna do? It was, to me, I think they were, like... It was like the 80s, so they were like, oh, he didn't kill anybody. He just, you know, they're okay. They came out all blackface. It was <laughs> yeah, all right. It was like... <laughs> well, you, you can go different ways with it. You can go... Uh, you. They haven't found that middle ground. Like, um, Batman in... Uh, Batman Begins, the the first Richard... Yeah. Or Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, he he didn't have to save Raj, Ra, Raish al Ghul. Well, I mean... And he just let Technically... Technically, I would consider it him killing Raish, or well, I don't like saying Raish Ross. It's uh, uh, I know if Raish is the proper way, but I feel like Raish is like a gauche way of saying it. So yeah, I mean, I don't. It, there's no middle ground, really. Like, uh, he, you got Batman, and he's in at least in Batman versus Superman he's going around he's and been he's, doing it for like 20 years he's been doing this 20 years he, I, I guess the narrative of the movie is we've lost a Robin we've uh, but my point is is if he kills if he has no problem against as Zack Schneider likes to call it manslaughter no it's murder it's, it's first degree murder yeah so but here's my problem with Batman versus Superman and by extension Suicide Squad you have Joker going around, but yet you have Batman who's willing to kill people, but yet Joker has killed a Robin. Why is this Joker still alive? There's, yeah, that is very true. There should not be a Joker alive. If, if you have a Batman willing to kill a random scrub, why is Joker, the cr- clown prince of crime, still alive? That's what bothers me about these movies. I don't know. There's like a weird moral compass to like these things like they try to get kind of preachy with them but like nothing ever really is cohesive like it's like each movie has a different like moral spin on it if that makes any sense anybody no uh yeah i mean like you have batman who's like his whole thing is like we need to kill superman because he could kill us all. Yes, because there's a even if there's a one percent chance that he could destroy us all, I need to take that risk and destroy Superman. But yet you won't take the ninety nine percent chance and kill Joker. Well, and the thing is, is I Superman has a chance of like destroying the world, but in the end, Joker will hurt a lot more people. Yeah. At least if Superman kills somebody, it's going to be fast and quick. Joker will take his time. I mean, there's a comic book where he cuts off a, a guy's skin and just, like, makes him dance at a strip club. Excellent. Who was that, Joker? 
huh? Joker, you said? Yeah, Joker okay. in the comics, yeah. I, I'm sitting, I don't think Superman's ever done that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> there was that no, one time in he'll Vegas. Just put a, but... He'll just put a fist through uh, Joker's, Joker's torso. Yeah. Have you ever read the reason why he did that? Yeah. The, it's yeah, really yeah. messed up. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, for anyone listening, that was the Injustice tie-in for the games. Um, Ed Boon. Okay, I want to go to the beginning of, of that, of uh, Superman versus Batman there. Um, I, I'm tired of the rehashing of Batman's, like, st- story. And this one, his dad didn't die right away. By the way, if and, you haven't seen it, um, Batman's dad is played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is Negan, and his mom is Lauren, Cor- uh, Lauren Cohan, who plays Maggie in The Walking Dead. Walking so that's Dead's a little hard. bit ironic. Yes. Um... Don't you think? Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, great. You derailed my train. Sorry. You know what? Fuck Batman. (laughs) Um, No, I'm just getting tired of, like, they keep rehashing it. Like, we all know what happens. Do we really need, like, a super dramatic... Have you ever read a Batman comic book? Because, like, the opening arcs are usually, like, Batman talking about his parents getting shot. You know, I'm It just, was a dark night in uh, It's kind of why I, I I love Batman and I hate Batman because like like seriously it's it's time for you to get the fuck over yourself. Well, like people's parents die all the time, but you're the only rich billionaire spoiled brat who goes around yeah. just like not, you because, know, you help people but you don't help people cuz the amount of money you spend on yourself to go do this by yourself you could have helped out the Gotham PD like ten times over and made the city much safer because Batman hasn't done shit for his city. Well, look, Batman could have taken the time that he went to train and become the greatest detective. He could have still done that, but he could have gone on, used his money, used his influence, and become police chief. He could have been Commissioner Bruce Wayne, and he could have rooted out corruption in his town, and he could have done things by the book the best way possible. He wouldn't have been Batman, which wouldn't have attracted supervillains. Well, that's that's uh, this whole thing is like one of the reasons I like that "What If" comic about where uh, if Bruce Wayne would have got shot and killed, mm-hmm. and like his mom and his dad became like. Oh, you're talking about joke. Flashpoint? Yes. Is that Flashpoint. what it was called? Yes. I didn't get a chance to read it, but it fascinates mm-hmm. the hell out of me. Like his mom becomes Joker, and then his dad. Yeah, that Batman. seems yeah. like a that's a fresh twist on it, opposed to like. Oh, his dad lives longer, and now his mom was the one murdered. Opposed to like, oh, they both died in a gutter. Yeah. See, you you mentioned his commission Gordon thing, but I'm just thinking like, would Alfred be like the first ever butler for a commissioner? <laughs> like, would Alfred be bringing him coffee? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like uh, he would still. The probably... crime rate is down, Master Wayne. <laughs> mm, good. But I mean, he would still be like the outside rogue element. He would be like the intelligence gatherer between coffee and tea. <laughs> Do you think Batman takes coffee or tea? Damn. Batman trains himself not to sleep. He, actually, Batman, uh, he, comic-wise, Batman trains himself to take micro-sleeps. So he, you know, he's like, 10 seconds, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, ready to go. Nah, that way he doesn't miss things. So, uh, real quick, um, how much money do you think Batman v Superman made at the box office? More than it should have. How, uh, that, how much estimate? did it... Okay, estimation. Okay, so how much did the movie cost? Do you have that available? Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Two hundred fifty for the budget. Yes. Uh, I want to say the movie probably made. Uh, I'm gonna guess one sixty. For what it made? Yeah. No. 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 Is that uh, total or is that uh, total? How much it's made since worldwide? Like worldwide. 
I'd say uh, 500 million. I would say probably more around 350. Ooh, well, you both are. If you add your scores together, you'd be probably right. Really? It made that much? $872 million. More people went to see this movie than I care for. Well, you they took you to see it three you times. You saw it three so. times, so you're like... I only contributed to one of those. <laughs> uh, I watched rotten, it. Rotten Tomato score. 36%. Yep. 25%. You were closest. 27%. Ugh. It really didn't... It really wasn't that engaging. No, oh, it was totally engaging. You know, Jars of Piss. And, uh... <laughs> God, that movie just... Well, uh, he... he uh, Jesse Eisenberg based his his portrayal of Lex Luthor on the the writer slash director Max Landis, which was a terrible decision. I don't know. He just seemed really weird. He like he didn't understand social con social constructs. Like he's sitting there shoving fucking Jolly Ranchers in people's mouths. Like I, I thought I was gonna get erotic at that let, point. Let me feed you a Jolly Rancher. I thought we were. Like I thought we were getting slowly. to like a Fifty Shades of Superhero type thing situation, yeah. where it's just like, well, it's Lex Luthor, Fifty Shades of Grey. Just Lex Luthor <laughs> putting black. candy in people's mouths. That should be the, like the whole movie. Just Lex Luthor's like, here, here's, well, here's a jelly bean. Pay to see Harley Quinn do that. Well, but who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> I hate clowns, but man, I would, I would. She's get cl- into her clownish. relationship. She's not a clown. She's a... a she's ga- a Harley Quinn. She's a geisha. Harley Quinn. She's a clown. Um, we have... Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just... Batman, I felt, was done really well, despite being Murder Man. If you'd have taken out the fact that he murdered people, I felt like he was a really good Batman. Like he, he, You can make him a little bit more brutal. You can make him... I just... When you change a core concept of a character... To fit your narrative, and I get it, it's a separate continuity, but you're you're changing a core concept of a character. Like Batman is not supposed to kill, and we weren't really led to believe that this was going to be that kind of a Batman. And I feel let down. I have thoughts on a kind of a Batman that I'd like to see, but I'm going to save that for a different podcast because it could go lengthy. Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis was a great Batman. Like I, I mean, love. He's my favorite Batman, honestly. I mean, he he had he had things that Bruce Bruce he didn't laugh like Bruce didn't laugh he wasn't but Terry McGinnis was like Spider Man in a Batman suit mm-hmm. and that's what I loved about him. So, alrighty. What about Superman? We've all we've just been kind of well, on okay, Batman. yeah. Then let's just on Superman. I really I, I I'm not a Superman fan myself. Here, here's here's so. my philosophy on Superman. I love the idea of Superman, uh, truth, justice, the American way. Stand up for the little guy. You know, if you if you see something happening, don't stand don't don't stand there. And let it happen. Superman Superman as an icon is a great way to live your life on a philosophy level. Like you know, just don't stand by, let bad things happen. Do do the right thing. But when you sit there and you have this uh, Man of Steel Superman from the movie, his own dad told him not to use his powers. And just to let him get eaten by a tornado. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of problems with that movie. Uh, but, but like, I, I actually kind of like the first Man still. I mean, there's some problems with it, but, like, because, like, he just becomes Superman. He's, he's just, he's trying to learn how to be the, I'm going to save everybody Superman. He's trying to, he has, right now, he's the beginning of John Cena, who's trying to become John Cena right now. Yeah. 
He, he, he doesn't have the ability to, to save everybody, to be the everybody man, because he hasn't learned yet. I mean, because, yeah. like, he literally becomes Superman 20 minutes into the movie, and then he has to fight Zod. And he hasn't had a chance to, like, really rescue anybody through the movie, I mean, at that point, like, as Superman. So, the to me, the destruction of the city kind of works. And then when Superman kills Zod at the end of the movie... I thought that was a good idea because, like, people hated it. But, like, to me, I was like, that was just, like, it was either to let those people die or Superman kill. And to me, that's the way he should be. He should never be like, I'm going to keep you alive because I am a selfish asshole who knows that if I keep you alive, I mean, if I don't, if I don't kill you right now, you'll get out and kill a lot more people. No, he, 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 he killed Zod because he had to. But in this movie, it just seems like he's just moseying around, just like nonchalant and then like when they blow up the capitol building he just stands there and watches all these people just die like just like oh I'm so sad and then he goes talks to Lois Lane he's like he's like I could have done something I should have seen it coming well he said he wasn't paying attention yeah but that he was in he was feeling self-loathing or whatever yeah but he wasn't he didn't the acting was terrible well also the irony of that is that he wants he's like the american way but he's like an illegal immigrant like he couldn't be any more illegal immigrant illegal alien Uh, uh, do we are we do we still want to rant on this some more because i i can keep going uh no let's let's not bore the people listening we'll do it we'll do another we'll do a dc universe uh, conversation in the future. Yeah, this was really just us kind of getting into it a little bit. Like we're gonna come up, we're gonna revisit revisit a lot of uh, <clears throat> revisit a lot of subjects later on at a later date. You know, we'll we'll hash on our DC universe when it's more fleshed out instead of three movies and they're already at their Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do Star Wars. All right, so it's been a little bit since Rogue One's been out. Um, I you know anybody who talks to me I'll tell you anything about Star Wars you want to know as long as I know it I I love Star Wars anything and everything about it you know read the comics or read the books I'm all about the expanded universe so the Divian art yes <laughs> I read a lot of the books but they're no as you point out they're no longer canon so they're not canon they're they not have canon. destroyed my perception of the Star Wars universe now uh, my Star Wars is mainly with the movies. In the video games, but I do not want to read the books or the comics. Uh, yeah, so uh, Star Wars right now, we're going to talk about Rogue One a little bit. And uh, Bobby has a few opinions on it. Uh, I have Rogue One. Rogue One. Um, me and Jason Ray have a few opinions on Rogue One versus uh, Episode 7. Um, <clears throat> episode 7, I, I think I kind of, I'm going to parrot a lot of what people have already said. It's. It feels like a rehash of episode four. Uh, story-wise, yeah. I didn't really care too much. It added some cool stuff to the mythos. You've got uh, you've got uh, the destruction of a new Jedi Order, uh, uh, from what we're assuming. <clears throat> you have uh, you have a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about yet in the series. We're just kind of basing it off of preconceived notions of what the movie has kind of appeared to us as so it, it added it added a lot to the mythos of star wars the force and all that we uh, 
but when you break it down, it's 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 episode four, part two. Yeah, that's the way I felt about it. I felt that it was more of a a reboot, and that's what I felt throughout the whole movie because it seemed like they were doing similar things over, and they were kind of poking fun at itself instead of it being sort of a. Uh, I don't want to call it really a serious drama, but I mean that's kind of what the originals were, um, to a certain degree. I mean how how dramatic can you be when you're a space opera? Yeah. But I mean it was making like sort of what felt like breaking the fourth wall pokes at itself is making fun of stuff and um I don't know it didn't do it for me it made me a little sad there were good parts to it yeah but I mean with, overall with I thought epi- Rogue One was a better movie yeah with episode 1 versus Rogue One or episode 7 versus Rogue One sorry you have Rogue One and I feel like the characters were a little flat because you didn't really have you didn't have six movies worth of content to build these characters up. We were introduced to them and then we get kicked into the plot. Uh, so the story was better in episode compared to episode 7, but it didn't really add too much to the story that you couldn't have told in a little 5-minute sketch. Here's the here, here's my thing. I liked 7 more than I liked Rogue One. And and the reason why is because I feel like I think they're going to do a history is doomed to repeat itself type of uh, story for the next three Star Wars and the next two Star Wars movies because like more than likely if if everything is right I mean we might get an evil uh, Luke because that's what they've been he's been one for a long time Mark Hamill has anyways well I mean it's. The landscape of the next two movies have definitely changed since now Han Solo's dead, and you don't have a Princess Leia anymore because she is physically not of this earth anymore. Not a Han Solo? Well, he's still around. We can bring him back at sci-fi. Actually, he got in, he got in a plane wreck, so... He's good, he's good. Um, but you, yeah, You I would mean, feel it in your heart if he actually passed away. I would feel it. You're like, uh, I would have been Harrison at, Ford! I would have been at work, you're like... It was as if a thousand voices cried out it's all at once. Like, it's like me with Morgan Freeman. If I see you, if you see me crying during work, Morgan Freeman probably died. <laughs> um, with uh, with Rogue One, you have these you have these characters, and they're they're a little they're a little flat, but the the story was great. And I mean, you, but like as Bobby said, it was it was an unneeded story. Well, like I, I it is very unneeded, and like I told you multiple times, I could have dealt with a robot chicken sketch. To show me how they got the plans, because I didn't really need that. Like yeah. you could have, there there are multiple people you could have focused this story that the, this movie on. Like I don't know uh, Boba Fett because honestly Boba Fett doesn't have much to do outside the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. All we have of Boba Fett is like him like getting, getting thrown into the 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 tar pit or the the Sarlacc pit. Sarlacc pit. Yeah, well, he didn't really get thrown. He had a wardrobe malfunction yeah but I mean still it it happened and then and then we're watching this movie and to me it was just like constant like it was just like easter egg the movie here's an easter egg for this and then like you have Bill Organa going Martaka Grand Moff Tarkin no no Mon Mothma yeah Mon Mothma going over there and be like hey do you remember 
Obi-Wan Kenobi? I have this Jedi friend who's hiding out. I'm going to get his help. Ah, I know Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's alive. Everybody, Obi-Wan's alive. And this, remember, it takes place before New Hope. Remember, Obi-Wan is in the desert. It just kind of got on my nerves. Like, the only one I really enjoyed in that whole movie, besides the fact that there were some Star Wars Rebels Easter eggs, which were just, honestly, they were fine. Like, they were very small, and it didn't matter. It was, like, uh, the, the the two guys who go to the bar and get their... Like, one of them gets their arm talking yeah, about. Yeah. But, like, they were... They should have been in that city at that time. And so it was perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for all the other bullcrap they throw in there. Yeah. I like I like the characters that the movies had introduced, Episode 7, more compared to Rogue One. Episode 7, I loved... I loved Rey. I think she's got a good, you know... A really good uh, fan base right now. You know, they said that that she has, for the main heroine in a movie, she has less lines in that movie than any of the guys in the movie. I really didn't like her. Really? Nah, I didn't really care for Ray. I, well, I think I like I like the intro. I think we've got some cool stuff, and I think they've got some cool stuff planned for uh, from re- reading the books. I think there's some wacky stuff gonna happen. I'm uh, not saying the actress. I just didn't really care for the character. No, no, the I, I, no. Okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So I just wanted to make that distinction. The actress was all right. I mean, she was an all right character, but I don't know. I think I think we were just getting a very base introduction. I think we're going to get into some cool stuff later. Um, we of course got Kylo Ren, who is uh, <laughs> who is one of my favorite new characters. Uh, he is. I feel like he is Anakin Skywalker done right. Uh, uh, he's kind of emo to me, and I like that about him because he's got some issues, and he it shows like he's 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 being pulled between the light and the dark, which they show. I think they show very good in the yeah. movie versus Anakin, who's like five minutes after killing Mace, who's like, "I'll kill the kids." That's cool. Yeah, like uh, Kylo Ren. You know, he's 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 drawn to the light side. He's dark, but he's being drawn to the light instead of. Uh, you know, just he—he's—he wants to get rid of the dark. Side. He wants to get rid of the light side. He wants to be bad. You know, he's—he's—he's he's, he's got that thing going on. He wants to be a bad guy. He—he—he he, he looks at Darth Vader as a role model. He's—he's he's being told that's what his his legacy as a Skywalker is. Skywalker Solo. Uh, He's—that's what his legacy is being told to him as. Is like my grandfather was the greatest Sith Lord ever. And technically, well, that's what he's being told. That's what he, that's what's being fed to him. I mean, he was pretty badass in the end of Rogue One. That was so. that was honestly that was a great part, and I liked that part in that whole movie. It really helped out uh, his. It, need yes, it made of... Vader seem more of a badass because in the original movies, he just didn't have that kind of a, a way of making him seem so badass. Because in Episode Four, Five, and Six, you have uh, you. You have one lightsaber battle, and that's between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. Obi Wan is old as a bag of rocks. Well, he he lets himself get killed. Yes, but he's also got to buy. But there, he's old and out of shape. He's out of practice. And once again, uh, this is mostly me from my comics expertise. That um, doesn't exist anymore. No, no, it does. I'm reading the newer ones. Oh. Um, okay. Obi Wan himself, so he's on Tatooine. He hasn't used his, and, and in order to stay low, he's got his lightsaber stashed away like he will not bring it out uh he's trying to like he hasn't used his lightsaber 
for anything in the last 15 years. So he's like that blind Asian dude from Rogue One where he kind of... The Force is with me. The Force is with me. The Force is with me. Because I don't know his... The Force is with me and I am with the Force. I don't... Because I don't know his background, but it seems like he's... Well, he's Asian. a Jedi that isn't a Jedi anymore. Force sensitive. He he never became a Jedi. He was like a youngling. So... That didn't get murdered? Yes. He called him sick that day. I mean... Kind of, sort of, if you if that's the best way to explain it. But he was just he was just force sensitive, but he wasn't strong enough to be. His connection to the force wasn't as strong with it as a normal Jedi Padawan. So he was he was took into uh, to be a guardian of the wills. Well, he did pull off some uh, Jedi like bullshit. I'm just saying. Well, it's Donnie Yen, so I mean that's just his natural abilities. Donnie Yen was born karate chopping his doctor. Woo! Donnie Yen is like the the Asian. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, and then you have um, you have uh, Poe Dameron. I thought was a great character. I loved him. Uh, Can you uh, just admit that you want to have sex with Oscar Isaac? With Oscar Isaac. Yes. And we can get on with it. Yes. Man crush. Because you've you've been talking about man crush hopping Monday. on that Poe Dameron penis for like. Two years now. I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> just like, uh, I mean, he's a great character. Um, when in his? When in him? When do you think him and Finn are going to get together? <laughs> uh, if the Tumblr rights get their way, it'll be in episode seven or eight. <laughs> because these two gay people. <laughs> just, um, I don't know, Poe. I don't really have an opinion on Poe. Here, here's what I do, here. Okay. And I'll I'll be the first to admit I love his character. He 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 has a cool look. He's an ace pilot, which is cool. I love I love X wings. X wings are, in my opinion, the epitome of badass and cool starfighters in They're any definitely science fiction. I- iconic. There's no doubt about that. And he and here he is. He's debatable. A non force user. Um, I'll go into that in a second. He is. He's got. He's just a cool dude who's great at what he does, and. I think it's really cool. He's got a cool character. He's got a cool attitude, uh, and some uh, there, there's a little hints of here and there that he's got some force sensitive to him because uh, in the comics they. Uh, Do you uh, have this kind of love for Wedge and Tilly's? Yes, you can ask Bobby. <laughs> he made a, he made a big deal about them bringing Wedge and Tilly's onto Rebels for like one episode and I watched the episode I was like Wedge, this is not a big deal <laughs> out of all three original trilogy movies Wedge is the only man to survive all three uh, who who was the only man to fight and survive in all three uh, major battles of the original trilogy he was at the Battle of the Death Star he was at the Battle of Death Star 2 and he was at the uh, the Battle of Hoth so he was in all three battles that we of all the characters we know that were there. Uh, Luke didn't fight technically in the battle of um, Death Star Two, uh, so he doesn't count towards that. So you know, you've out of all the characters that fought in all three, he's the only one to fight and survive. Wedge Antilles is Ace Pilot Number A. Did he? He was in. Uh, he was the leader of the Rogue Squadron, right? Yes, sir. Rogue Squadron. And he's also Obi Wan's uncle. Not technically. Um, well, I guess technically yes, but uh, the actor who played Wedge and Tilly's is uh, the uncle to Ewan McGregor's. Ewan McGregor. Uh, to Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan. 
So, yeah. uh, actor-wise, they're related, just not... Uh, Canon-wise. Canon, yes. Um, bef- and last thing I have for uh, Star Wars is... Uh, I want to touch on Poe or uh, Finn for a little bit, just just for Finn. a second. I did like Finn because he brought a, a like the Han Solo of like kind of funny into the thing, but yeah. he was also it was like the double edged sword. He had the comedy, but then at the same time, he was kind of one of the characters that was like poking fun, breaking the fourth yeah. wall to a certain degree. Well, he uh, I, I feel like he was he is a traitor. I, yeah, traitor. <laughs> I feel like uh, I it's feel the like Edward Snowden of. I like I like how how that that stormtrooper got more famous than any of the actual new characters. Yes, in there, <laughs> traitor. Uh, so so Finn, I feel like he was a fairly he was your everyman. He was your Bruce Willis for Star Wars. He was our he was our XP like who he we was, were supposed to be. He was our be. Keanu Reeves. Sure, our Neo. <laughs> Like uh, so, so we're we're supposed to identify with him because he's a traitor. He's relative. He's, he's relatively new to seem to, to be a lot caught on that. On. Like he's all he's known is the Empire. I think he's a great character because he's getting to experience this stuff firsthand. He's he know he sees the atrocities that the First Order are doing. They're they're not a good people. They're not what he thought they were. Um, I don't think he had a choice though. No, he didn't have a choice. It's just. Uh, he rose above the propaganda. Yeah, yeah, so to speak. To be a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be harping on this. Do you have some mixed feelings on Finn? He, he, oh, I he, like Finn. I just like calling him a traitor. <laughs> and uh, before the movie came out, everybody was thinking, oh, he's going to be a Jedi. You know, he's wielding a lightsaber. I would have been cool with that. I, I really would have. Um, I don't think the Jedi should be abundant. Because even at the height of the Clone Wars, there were only 10,000 Jedi. At the height of the Clone Wars, 10,000 Jedi. Out of, I mean, even the planet of Coruscant, it had a trillion people on that planet. A trillion. And that's just one planet. That is the hub of the galaxy in Star Wars. And there are billions of planets with people on them. With hundreds of thousands and millions of people on these planets. And you have, at the highest number, 10,000 Jedi. I think that's cool. That 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 speaks to their their mystique, their their legend. That's why you don't see a lot of people like, oh, I know who the Jedi are. That just sounds like a planet that doesn't have a family's first program. <laughs> um, so I mean, I, I love Finn. I think I think he's going to be a great character going forward. Um, that's really all I have for Star Wars right now. Uh, I can go on. Uh, oh, we we all know you can't. We all know. Alright, to uh, get to our next topic, we are going to talk about pandering in Hollywood. Um, Hollywood. More, more of... Uh, my, my issue with it right now is more of like turning people gay or lesbian or, or bisexual for like absolutely like no reason. Yeah. Just to be like, oh, these people are gay now, just here you go. Like, and, it, and, and just to clarify, we're not trying to, we're not trying to say anything, we're... Uh, it's definitely not like we don't want gay people. We don't. We want representation because it makes it feel no, like we, a better we, world, uh, here, a better believable world. Here at Robot Condom, before we go into this, we believe that gay people have the right to marry each other. We believe that transsexual people need they should have rights. We 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 totally agree with you. But there are certain parts where we just kind of like seriously. 
And one of my big parts is like people who are like uh, right now, uh, people didn't like the ending of the new season of Sherlock because they thought that Watson and Sherlock should have gotten together at the end of it, which to me makes no sense. Like they could just be friends. Like you can have you can have a heterosexual very very close bond with the dude. Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, Caleb and Jason Ray. <laughs> Caleb <Whoa>. and Bobby. <laughs> Jason and, and and Bobby when Caleb's not around. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as strong as my love. Uh, but, but, uh, but it's like um uh like it, like you were saying at the during Sherlock, uh, there are people who are mad, and I think I think it's a very vocal minority who are getting mad about it. Um, or uh, in for Star Wars, they, people wanting Poe and Finn to get together. All because he's like that jacket looks good on you. Keep yeah, it. it's just a simple comment. It's like it's not I don't a, know. I didn't see it at all. Like I heard it before I saw the movie. And people were getting all up in arms about it. I didn't see anything that suggested to me in the least bit that there was like any sort of underlying homoeroticism to that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. it, it, it's also like there's other examples of like it just bothering me. Like uh, on Arrow slash Sledges of Tomorrow, you know the DC. TV universe they have Sarah Lance in the show she is pretty she's bisexual when they start her out like she's she's having sex with Talia Ghul and then she was also having sex with uh, Oliver Queen and then now she goes to Legend tomorrow and she's full blown lesbian she's not bisexual anymore she's just lesbian and well, it bothers her college me. years come on man well, she's experimenting she, uh, she, first of all her college years was on an island and then off an island being trained by the League of Assassins. So, so yeah. Yeah, there's that. But, like, still, like, now, you know, I don't like the idea of, like, them being like, oh, no, she's bisexual, but now she's just full-blown lesbian. But it needs to, to me, it needs to be, it needs to feel organic. Kind of like, um, like, Lucifer. On the show Lucifer, they they recently uh, came out and said that like, oh, guess what? Lucifer has sex with dudes also, and I don't mind them doing that. It's just after like two seasons of them just treating him as a womanizing guy who now automatically like does also do other dudes. It just seems out of place and pandering. Yeah, like I mean, if you would have thrown in the first episode, you would have shown him waking up in a bed with a dude. I, it would have been it fine because it's not like throwing it at you all of a sudden. I mean, he's Lucifer. He's not going to have the morality that you know Christian people would have. He would just see other people and look at them and be like, "I like their the chip." All right. So if they would have just in, in Lucifer at first episode, they would have shown him just in waking up in the like first ten minutes of the episode. So I'm just show him waking up in bed with a dude. And, I mean, it would have been fine. Like, okay, so, I mean, Pete yeah. Lucifer, I get it. He's in bed with a guy. I, it's no problem. Uh, but you you spend two seasons showing him being a womanizer, being... Just constantly doing women, bragging about all the women he does. Yeah. And then he's just, like, now he's like, oh, I also have sex with dudes. Which, is, you know, my problem is, is the same thing with Sarah Lance. If you would have just made the first... The season two of Arrow, where she doesn't have sex with Ollie at all, mm-hmm. her being a lesbian in Legends of Tomorrow would make sense. Yeah, but like she time travels and she's making out with all these like like Marion from uh, from uh, 
King Arthur, no, Guinevere from King Arthur, she makes out with her, and then, like, a queen, and, like, you know, you're, you're trying to give it to an audience, and, and... You're trying to, you're trying to sell it to people, and just as a, um, as a medium, you, you know, you're trying, you're trying to make a story, a story, you're trying to sell this to people, but just me, I don't care, don't try to sell me stuff, just try to... Tell me a good story. I, there's a fine line between telling the good story and pandering. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the main point here. Is well, there, there's, there's some good story decisions that they have made over the years for, like, making people lesbians or gays. Mm-hmm. And, like, a couple examples is uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer made Willow gay. Mm-hmm. And it worked out because she was in college. She meets a girl who's a lesbian who she starts having attraction to, but it never was. It never felt forced. It wasn't ever like, oh, guess what? I'm gay now, you know. And the same, and or uh, Supergirl right now. Her her adopted sister is is gay. On the show, she meets a girl and she starts having feelings for. Her. But in the show, she really never really dates anybody. She never really seems like she's into any other dudes. All right. So like in Walking Dead, for example, like I could totally see if like Carol eventually started becoming like lesbian just because you know her history of like not how, not daryl as people really want daryl to be gay <laughs> yeah right but i mean you know she was abused by you know a man and then like yeah. every time she got close to a guy he always ended up dying other than daryl yeah who is when daryl dies we riot <laughs> i mean it it would it wouldn't surprise me it would make sense to a certain degree because you've actually seen the history of like how mm-hmm just things have progressed um not saying that that's what i'm expecting but no that would be something that wouldn't i wouldn't say would be like just out of nowhere like oh she's a lesbian now mm-hmm. i mean there would be an arc that kind of leads to it and clues and yeah. things of that because they're pretty good about foreshadowing and leading to things not just like hey new season she's a lesbian yeah like, yeah but it's like um you have um they use people they're using people's sexuality as a way to be like a, a wham like at the, as like a twist it shouldn't be a twist it's a part it's a part of your person right like i don't know like uh you've got uh from the old wild storm i think it's wild storm and then now currently part of dc you've got midnighter and apollo midnighter is a batman kind of sort of batman and he's in a gay relationship with apollo it's just kind of super- yeah, and it's it it works because it's not like, like at the end of the episode, oh, you're also gay. No, I've been gay. Yeah, it's like, and they treat it with respect. Like, it's it's uh, it works. <clears throat> Man, I don't know. It's really, it really doesn't have anything, in my opinion, to do with story. It's all about like demographics. Like they're trying to reach the the audience, the liberal audience, more liberal audience, and people of you know. To, to attract, especially younger people who are... It needs... It needs... More... Everything needs to fit, like, a story. And, like, one of the worst people about this in comic books right now is Marvel. Is trying to be, like, very pro-everything. Mm-hmm. So, instead of, like, making really good new characters, they're just taking uh, characters and just being like, well, they're... Like Iron Man, Iron Man now is 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 a a African American teenage girl. That's like, weird. It, it, she she he gave her the permission to do this. She she builds her suit. 
she is an African American teenage girl playing being Iron Man. Instead of just making her like her own character, they're they're just trying to force this like PC generation to just be accepting of everything, or um, it, or just pro this, pro that, kind of sucking in your face. If you don't agree with us, then you're wrong. Blah blah blah. And it really, it, it's actually been hurting Marvel a lot doing it. You've, you're alienating the old fans, and I feel like at a certain point you need to, not necessarily alienate, but you've got to get away from the status quo. I mean, we've had Peter Parker, what, going on, what, since the 60s? Peter Parker, Spider-Man since the 60s? 50s. 50s. And now we're finally, as of, like, what, 10 years ago almost, we got Miles Morales, the, uh, the first... The, the first um, Hispanic slash uh, black Spider-Man. Honestly, I don't. I, ne- I didn't really mind Miles Morales. No, I he love Miles good. Morales. Like first appearance instantly. of Spider-Man was in August of nineteen sixty-two. Sixty-two. Okay, so yeah, you've had Peter Parker, and then they changed it up a bit. Gave us um, Ben Riley. Same thing, different package. And then it took us about ten years ago or so to get Miles Morales, and I love his character. He's a great character. The thing is, also with Miles is. Peter Parker of the Ultimate Universe was dead. Yeah. He he literally had the similar powers and some added powers and he became Spider-Man mm-hmm. and took over the mantle, all right? But as far as this 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 Iron Man situation, Tony Stark's still alive. Yeah. Cuz you know, just either kill them or just make them their own character. Don't make them replace somebody. Yeah. You know, like right now Bruce Banner is dead. Mhm. But uh, he's being Artemis, played by a uh, Chinese American. Yeah, guy. Artemis Chow, who's like like the sixth smartest plant man on the planet, mm-hmm. is now Hulk. It's fine because Bruce Banner's dead. He's you know he's taken over the role of the Hulk, but he's not like they haven't just like oh Hulk's still there, right? And it's I don't like the idea of, you know either make really good characters or don't try to replace people just so you can be a, a little bit more PC and then brag about being PC. Yeah. And I mean, I guess on that kind of end you have um on that kind of end you have um uh Nick Fury in uh the Marvel movies. He his appearance is based on the Ultimate Marvel comic books where he's actually modeled after Samuel L. Jackson and he told him he was like, "Hey, if uh if you guys are going to model Samuel or Nick Fury after me, I want first dibs at playing Sam, uh, Nick Fury in the movie. If you guys ever do another movie that involves Sam Jackson or Nick Fury, I want to play Nick Fury. And I feel like it it works because it was an alternate universe, and I feel like it really just it doesn't it didn't feel like you were pandering. I've heard no bad things about. Samuel Jackson well, playing. Well, you also got to remember one, it's Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and the only other experience we all got with live action Nick Fury Don't is you go there. is David Hasselhoff and the Nick Fury TV movie that came out in like the 90s. Great movie. <laughs> Love the movie. Yeah, if like, you're high, <laughs> like like Dolph Lundgren playing the greatest Punisher ever. We all, I thought we've established that 
John Burton now is now the greatest. He pleasure. is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It, it is way too good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I once again, I want diversity in comics, but I want it to feel organic. I want it to feel real. Like, I mean, you work. You work. You know, we we work on the dock. Uh, on a dock. Sorry. Uh, and we have everybody. We've got white people. We've got black people. We've had. Uh, we've worked with. Uh, We've worked with transgender. We've worked with uh, lesbians. We've Jewish. We've worked with gay people. <laughs> we yes, have. yes, we have. Uh, and, I mean, that's that's real life. We work with these people. We make relationships with these people. And I wouldn't trade it. Like, if it's just, it's real life. And I, you know, yes, people people read comics to escape from reality. They're, they're escapism. But I, you know... If you're going to represent something, make it real, make it right. And the thing is that these people, these people exist. There are right. gay people. There are transgender people. There are gay. There there are gay people. And once again, it goes back to the line of: Is it good storytelling or is it pandering? And I mean, that's still that's like the revolving question. Yeah. Is uh, yeah these people? There is a cross section of you know different races, different kinds of people in the world. And um, traditionally, it's been like white person dominated, mm-hmm. and that doesn't uh, that doesn't necessarily represent everybody. Yeah, it leaves a lot of people out. And however, trying to make amends for that in a sloppy way really doesn't doesn't add anything. Yeah, not anything like constructive or beneficial. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. You know. Um, you want to add your your LGBT or your change the um, the sex of or uh, race of a of a character? That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But like Bobby said, you know, don't try to reimagine the same character while that character still exists. Yeah. Um, by all means, give them a new persona. Let them. You know, I mean, okay, what thirteen year old Iron Man girl? I think like, she's like fifteen or something. All right, well, she's her, fifteen and let her have her own. Iron Man-esque persona, like War Car- Machine. Iron Woman. Right? Something a little different. Irish have her own the Iron Lass. <laughs> let her have her own identity. Build something from her, not on the... Well, it's... Uh, uh, there's a thing someone was bringing up to me about Wonder Woman. Uh, name, name, name a female superhero. Uh, Batwoman. Well, Batwoman came after Batman. Well, what about Spider-Girl? Spider-Girl came after Spider-Girl. There's, there's very few female characters that were made that aren't copies of something already made. Like, you've got Wonder Woman. She's fairly original. She's, uh, you've... And that's really all you've got. If that's what you're bringing to the table, there, there's some issues going on. Like, quit trying to make... Quit trying to copy and paste and then change that character. Like, I mean, I guess some originals would be like Jean Grey, perhaps. She's, you know, her phoenix. There's no one quite like Jean Grey. Yeah. In the Marvel Universe. She's not based on anyone pre-existing. Right. Like, or you've even, got Batgirl, Batwoman, who are based on Batman. I mean, I guess Rogue, but she stole what, Mrs. Mar- Ms. Marvel's? Who was it that she stole? Oh, no, uh, Ms. Marvel was originally Jean Grey, and then she dropped it. Really? Rogue has always been Rogue. Yeah. But I thought Rogue, like, well, no, no, I meant, like, she, I guess it depends on what canon universe you're going with, where she got her, like, flying powers and super oh, strength oh, from. Yeah, from Captain Marvel. Oh, it was Captain it. Marvel. Because um, Captain Marvel, uh, like he was pointing out, Captain the female Captain Marvel got it, came from 
the original male Captain Marvel, Marvel. Okay. So, um, so yeah, like he makes a good point. Like women coming, but we can't change the past. I mean, it's what happened. No, and I mean just, I, and I'm fine. Just I, I feel like I feel like we're it. it, it what's going on? This pandering and the. I think I feel like it holds. It's going hand in hand with. Um, it's going hand in hand with uh, the status quo. Like we need to change things up, but at least, but at the same time, don't change things too much. Like don't change things people love just for the sake of changing them. Like, uh, I mean, for me, Wally West. I loved Wally West. Wally West was my Flash. I I was watching and reading about Wally West being the Flash. He's what I grew up with with Number the animated one. series. Uh, he was the Flash in the comics. Barry Allen had been dead for about four years by the time I even started. Because Barry Allen died in Infinite uh, Before Crisis. Before they resurrected Barry Allen because uh, Jeff Johns is a prick. Uh, he was dead for like 20 years. Yeah. Th- like When it came down to it, there were... There were three people who were supposed to stay dead when it came to comic books. Uncle Ben, uh, Bucky Barnes, and Barry Allen. Those were the three people who were always going to stay dead. Well, the story for Bucky Barnes is so good that you can't have No, no, and I'm not saying anything about that, but that was the one that, was one that worked. Uh, but those were, when it comes to comic book fandom, those were three people you couldn't bring back because their deaths were so meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, that it shaped the characters that came afterwards. I mean, I guess that would fall into like Batman's parents also, because mm-hmm. you can't have them come back because he would lose his like entire his persona. Yeah. So and then they, they bring Wally West back whenever DC did their rever- rebirth, their their reboot, and Wally West is all of a sudden um, he's a, he's a young black youth, and his first appearance he's a he he's literally a dead guy, who a a black dead guy. Like that's our first introduction to the current Wall or to, as of a few months ago, current Wally West. And then he's alive, and there's two Wally Wests. Now there's two Wally Wests because they brought back the original Caucasian Wally West, who I grew up with. But it's just like I'm reading that, and I'm getting mad because it's like you change a character I grew up with just to pander to this audience instead of just making a new character. You could have brought in. Uh, this guy, uh, the the African American black uh, black male, and had him be uh, Nuclear Flash. You could have had him been um, I don't know Flashback. You give him a new give him a new persona. Have him be like make him be Robbie Williams. You know, give him give him a name. Don't make a new character and be real about it. Don't don't sit there and take something I like or anybody likes. I mean, make. And I'm gonna steal a little bit from uh, one of my favorite guys, uh, Donald Glover. He from his uh, comedy special Weirdo. Shaft. Uh, you can't make Shaft white. Yeah, uh, it just it that's gonna that like it, it doesn't work that way. You can't just take an established character and turn him and race bend him. Like it is it it's it's not fair to the fans of the character. It's not fair to the character itself new or old because you're not giving him his own identity you're stealing the identity of another character right and that's what that's what gets me about it and now and now we are back to wally west flash but now we have two we have two wally wests 
All right, so uh, we're getting a new segment we're going to do uh, before we end the podcast. Uh, well, one of the new segments is we're going to bury something. <laughs> Burying in wrestling terms is when we take a person or a thing and we just bash it. until. And we pretty much shit on it. Yeah, we just shit on it until, like you know. Batman versus Superman. Well, we did Batman versus Superman, <laughs> but we, apparently we don't consider that burying. No, so. that's <laughs> we're discussing it. We're discussing it. Um, we had good things to say about parts so, uh, of it. So, anybody got anything they want to bury? Because I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna bury Metallica right now. So, uh, oh, this is a Metallica I, Gaga thing, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I decided to make it one thing because it, it shouldn't take that long. Yeah. I'm gonna shit on Metallica for their little Grammy concert with Lady Gaga because, considering what Metallica represents mm-hmm. in the metal world. They should not be doing anything with Lady Gaga. Yes. It's the same thing with Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne should have never done a commercial. I don't care how much money he made. And I honestly think that he just doesn't know what Justin Bieber is. <laughs> What's a like, Bieber? I think literally that wasn't in the script. They Sharon, literally, What's a Bieber? They, no, Metallica should not do anything with Lady Gaga. They're supposed to represent the outside of, you know, the outside looking in. Yeah. All, all these people are just like, that is stupid. What the heck is that? And it's kind of why I, I really like Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters has yet to do any music with anybody he thinks he wouldn't respect. Yeah. Especially pop musicians like Lady Gaga. Now, and I feel like I feel like uh, Lady Gaga is very respectful as a artist. Uh, and uh, what we're referring to, the uh, Lady Gaga Metallica uh, Grammy Grammy war, video. Yeah. Uh, it it was well done. It was well done, but it's just it doesn't fit. Like um, one of the reasons why I kind of disliked Metallica. In the first, I, I like Metallica's music, but as a band, I'm not a big fan because they did a whole thing where they uh, they sang with um, Avril Lavigne. It's like this isn't this isn't metal. It's it's punk pop playing Metallica songs. It's it's like if you took um, Cradle of Filth and had them team up with um, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. That's 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 be entertaining, but it should never yep. happen. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. I've <laughs> never thought of that together. Now I'm. It's I'm like lusting for the combination. It's like it's like chocolate and Salisbury steak. They should never go together. Yeah. It's like you've got two things that are good. Like, um, well, you know, I, I like Metallica. I don't know. I'm not going to. I liked it. I love Metallica. They're one of my go-to bands when I'm sad. Um, but <laughs> I thought the Grammy... I don't know. Uh, as, as far as iconic-wise, I get what you're saying, but it, their performance itself, I thought, was fan-fucking-tastic, considering James's mic only worked like 10% of the fucking time. Um, and I think he punched a sound tech. No, he didn't actually do that, but he probably should have. Yeah. Whoever fucked that up. I mean, they're Metallica. How are you gonna fuck up Metallica's performance? Yeah. Well, it's it like it's not about him. Like well, he just he shouldn't be doing. They shouldn't be doing anything with a Lady Gaga or a Ariana Grande. Or the only thing that really made me mad was that that she was wearing like a Metallica shirt. Fuck that. Wear like Zeppelin or. Have you have you not Megadeth? Have you not seen uh, Iron Justin Maiden. Bieber? He's worn a Metallica shirt. Well, he doesn't know anything. Well, I liked her voice in it. She's she she could do metal well if she would give into it, become metal, opposed to 
her weird. I don't know. Okay, let me be. I'll, let me just be frank. I don't know shit from Lady Gaga. Like I've never heard a Lady Gaga tune. The only time I've ever heard her sing was on the with Metallica. So I yeah. have like no prejudices, nothing against it. As yeah. far if she was with a band that made metal tunes, she would be a great metal singer. Now, as far as what she represents and mashing that together with Metallica, yeah, I can see that as kind of shitty. Well, it's like you take uh, you take Ozzy Osbourne. We kind of touched on this like earlier, but uh, there's just certain things that a uh, someone like Ozzy, you know, you really growing up listening to Ozzy, especially uh, Ozzy with uh, uh, Black Sabbath, Ozzy by himself uh, solo. You built up this mystique of who Ozzy was. You know, you've got you've got the early stories of uh, Black Sabbath where Ozzy was uh, in a room by himself, and he wakes up and he sees a dark figure in the room, and uh, you know, hands him this book of secrets and knowledge, and you know, that's the black magician, the the Prince of Darkness, Ozzy. And then two decades later, you've got Sharon. Why is the damn cat shitting the floor out of Sharon? Why are the fucking kids are fuck this? Uh, you know, I don't want to see what goes on in this part. I, in my mind, Ozzy is not a person. He's a uh, he's a god of metal. Right. And you take that mystique away. I don't know why, but everything keeps coming back to Batman today. That's um, the concept of Batman. He's a, supposed to be a mystique mm-hmm. thing. I, it's I, an icon. Yeah. Uh, symbol. You're... you're parody of Ozzy doesn't work because we can understand you. Uh, so, uh, I was eating my shit down. I'm, I'm, we're, we're catching. Yeah, hey, cradle. that's better. That's really, <laughs> really better. Alright, so we're gonna we're gonna put some stuff over. Yeah. Oh. We're, we're putting stuff over now. We're putting it over. We're doing something good. Well, hey, look. After a burial, we, you gotta put somebody over. We love we love our wrestling terms here at <laughs> Robot Condom. We're Triple H in this shit up. <laughs> now it's very... Well, Triple H buries, and then he puts himself over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I recommend me, then, uh, for everybody's listening pleasure. So, no, what I've been uh, watching the past couple weeks is actually a South Korean show, and this is, like, the first time I've ever delved outside of, really, uh, Japanese anime, or even um, uh, the few Japanese shows I've watched, so I'm expanding my Asian palette. Yes. Um, it's a show called uh, Good Doctor, which is about an autistic uh, young man that's trying to overcome all the challenges and obstacles of being a uh, doctor, a resident doctor, and eventually a pediatric surgeon, which is, it's um, it's like an hour and five minutes per episode, so it has to be something like an hour and a half episodes mm-hmm. on um broadcast TV, which can get pretty lengthy when you're trying to go through all 20 of them in a week. Um, I binge-watched a couple of days, and each one was really good. Without giving away a lot of it, it really does build characters, and you do get emotionally invested, and they know how to hit you in the feels box pretty damn good. Um, I would recommend it to anybody that wants to watch a drama. If you're looking for sci-fi or action and all that, it's... Not really a lot of that, but there is a lot of um, character building, and um, I mean, it's got its corny moments. It's it's an Asian film or of, Asian show. A so. lot of Koreans. Yeah, there's a lot of Koreans, and I don't know much Korean, but they like to mumble a lot. I've I've mm. learned, um, and I guess uh, that's all that I really have to uh, try to uh, 
give to the masses? Caleb? Uh, really, so far, I'm going to put over... Um, I've been listening to a little bit of a new uh, new musician, uh, Jacob Banks. Uh, he does like um, some soul, R&B, and hip-hop. Uh, I've been listening to him. He's got some great music. Um, All right. Uh, I have been recently reading uh, The Immortal Iron Fist by uh, Ed Brubaker. It's a great uh, comic. It is a great comic. I, I've enjoyed it. I'm going to finish it before the Iron Fist TV series comes Can't out. Can't wait for it. Can't wait. Uh, which I will probably try to binge watch it. Actually, I think all of us are going to watch it. So sounds we like can a, have a conversation about it on the podcast. Not going to lie. I don't know anything about it, but it sounds like a brutal German porn. Iron like, Fist? <laughs> Iron Fist. <laughs> unless unless, unless like he Russian, wants to like, ex- make her explode, it's not going to be like that. <laughs> well, maybe he does. Orgasmically, uh, and um, uh, I've been uh, playing For Honor on my PlayStation, so it's a pretty good game. Yeah. Samurai Vikings Knights. So, thank you guys for listening. If you want to leave any uh, emails for any topics you would like to leave us here at Robot Condom, uh, you can email us at robotcondom69 at gmail.com. And uh, please like, give us some comments, and if you like, uh, you know. Whatever. Yeah, give us you know, give us some ideas on topics if you want to hear about. Uh, we we might take into consideration. Um, two of us can take Maybe. take negative uh, negativity. Uh, I, Caleb has a problem with it. So. I cannot oh, take. I thought Chris. I was the crier. No, I yeah, can't. Yeah, Caleb, take you suck. No, no, Caleb can't do it. So, um, but uh, up like a bitch right now. <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening. I hope you all have a good night. One more thing. Next week we will be doing our first ever movie review. For the Robot Condom Podcast, we'll be reviewing The Wolverine. So, look forward to that next week. All right. Robot out. out. Beep boop.